Welcome to the Green Heart Living Podcast with your host, Elizabeth Hill. I'm so happy to be talking with Heidi McCann, the author of our book, Whatever the Future Holds Here Today, which is a, a story of grace, resilience, and love. It's so good to see you, Heidi. How are you today? I'm doing great. It's so nice to see you, Liz. Oh, it's wonderful to see you. And so this is a story of, it is your story. This is um, your story of, of growing up, of falling in love, um, and having the person that you love be diagnosed at a very early age with a- ALS and everything that came um, of that. What I am just amazed with your courage for writing this story and sharing it. And I love getting to know you from reading about you in the book as well. So um, can you tell us a little bit about why you chose to write this book? Yes, I I can. Um, Number one, uh, I always wanted to be a writer. I, I wrote books from when I was a little girl in grade school. I still have them. Um, I always knew I would be a writer and I I write in my life a lot now, um, but I never knew exactly what the story, the story would be. Um, And and I wrote this story primarily because I promised Curtis that I would. Um, He was uh, somebody that, as I write in the book, um, needed needed reassurance and, and needed to know, especially when he was diagnosed and assumed, even though he didn't really, uh, that he would have a short life. He wanted to know that he would make a difference. And one of the ways that um, he wanted to make a difference was to uh, talk about ALS and have people understand ALS, both on a a broader scale, but also within his family, uh, because it is genetic in his family. And um, I had written a a thesis for my undergraduate work um, at Middlebury that had to do with our love. And he had read that book. Um, and, and so he knew that I could write and I, I, I did it for him, uh, primarily. Um, and probably the, the other very important reason is I I think that this book has a very general, important message of hope and healing that I think we need to feel and hear about on both on an individual level, but particularly right now in the world, um, in a, in a, in a broader a context. And, and I, I, that's one reason why it's, even though it's taking me 22 years, I think this is the perfect time for it to come out. Yes. And I, what I love about the story is, is it is talking about ALS and all of that. So you learn a great deal about that and it can apply to anything that anyone's, any kind of diagnosis that someone is shocked by anyone who's caring for a loved one. And anything that comes up in that the relationship that was unexpected, right? So, it, and what I love with this is that you, you wrote a really real story, right? So, you know, when I first got, got the book, I was like, okay, I'm going to hear this, you know, this rosy picture of this love story and all of this. And, but it's a real story of, of people falling in love at a young age, like all the things that come up with that. We get to know Curtis and you as real people. And so it, it's a very engaging story to read as well. Um, and um, not sugarcoated, at, at, no. at, <laughs> shall I say. Yeah. Um, uh, what was it like to write for you? Um, well, I'm a... 
I keep journal entries. And so writing this story um, that has been written over a very long period of time. I mean, there are sentences in there that are 22 years old. Um, there's actually sentences in there that are 26 years old. Um, but also like the last paragraph was written three days before we published. So it's <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so we've got the whole, the whole, the whole range, but writing for me, you know, I, I was an English major um, for both undergraduate and graduate work. I, I fell in love with writing at a young age, but really found my voice um, writing in high school. And, and what I like to read are stories. Um, I, I particularly, am, I'm just not a how-to how to do something book type person. Um, I, I wanna learn through the experience of others. And so I was very, um, I, I thought it was very important for me to write a book like so many that I grew up with um, and, and that made the greatest impact on my life. And to your point, I didn't want it to be a book just about ALS. Um, it, it's a very important piece of it, of course, but I wanted it to be able to appeal to the broader general audience um, because of the, of the overall message. Um, and, and I think that that was hard. It was hard to, to figure out exactly how to do that. Um, it was also really hard for me over the years to make sure that it, it was um, a story that taught, I, I think it's important to understand the background of, of Curtis and me in order to understand our time through the diagnosis and the illness. Um, and that was hard because there's a lot that could have also gone in there that I cut out, um, but I didn't want it to be too long. <laughs> <laughs> you did a great job. Yeah, it's, I, it's hard to cut your own things and take things out and all of that. And I think you did a wonderful um, job of having us understand both of you and see getting to know um, the community too, which I found very interesting how the community showed up for him and for you in really an amazing way. It I was, was way absolutely extraordinary. Um, it, uh, Danville, Vermont, West Danville, Vermont, North Danville, Vermont, um, uh, amazing people. Um, as, as somebody wrote on a review on Amazon that I just read yesterday, um, the, the, the reviewer said something to the effect of, especially today with technology, the, the talk in the book about how this community rallied around is something that cannot happen, um, over Zoom or, or whatever. And, you know, us moving back to the Northeast Kingdom instead of living in Southern Vermont, where we were living, like it says in the book was, it just, it just happened. Um, and it was, it was meant to be, um, and it, it kept us going because when you're facing a, an illness, a terminal illness of any sort, or, or just an illness that's very difficult to live through, you have to have purpose every day mm -hmm. to want to get up in the morning. Um, and Curtis's purpose, and it really was Curtis's purpose because he's the one who was dying, was to, to show hope um, to this community, a community that he had grown up with, grown up in since he was born. Um, and that was, just extremely important to him. And, um, and we, we couldn't have done it without the community. There, there is no doubt about that. Um, oh, my heart. I hear that, that purpose that there. So I'm hearing 
advice. And I know that you said that you, you like to tell stories more than advice, but I kind of want a little bit of advice for people that are faced with something like this, that mm. to have some type of purpose. Do you have any other terms of wisdom for people that might be getting shocking news or something like this or terminal illness? Um, I think the other thing that Curtis did, uh, that was pretty remarkable was, and it didn't happen. It didn't happen right away. As, as the book explains, there was a moment or a little bit more than a moment of, of shutdown for him. Um, but he, he, he opened himself up uh, and we opened ourselves up to the love and the caring. Um, and I think that that, that if we not, if we had not opened ourselves up to it, we the, the community would have shut down because there's only so much you can say that you want to help with if, if people aren't accepting of that help the offers are going to are going to cease um and and i think the other go off on a little bit of a tangent but talking about what we're talking about the flip side and, and another very important part of this book is the caretaker's perspective um and and which i i was the caretaker and um if i had any advice for a caretaker, it is to um, accept the help as well. I was not very good at that. Um, I, I accepted the emotional help. Um, I, I didn't, I, I was not good at the other, but there were people that would show up and just do instead of offering. And that, that was extraordinary. Um, the person that shows up at lunch with uh, soup from the general store without asking that, those are the little moments that keep you going and make a real difference. Um, I know everybody cared and everybody helped and some people just did it without asking, which was really helpful. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very powerful message of both um, learning how to receive to accept people's help so that it people wanting to, yes, the community wanted to show up, but that couldn't have happened if you didn't allow space for that kind of exchange and yeah. flow. And so um, you, you know, needing to experience that and being okay with that is something that I know that a lot of us um, are challenged by learning on different levels. So yeah, thank you. It's for so true. And, and, and using that honesty too, to say, if, you know, when enough is enough, you know, when you do need to be alone or, yes. or when, or, or when you do need that extra help and, um, I, I, as, as the book says, you know, I was not somebody that spoke my mind as a young girl. It took me a long time to learn how to speak my, my truth and my feelings. Um, and this, our experience with um, this disease really helped me to do that on all levels, whether it was um, advocating for Curtis with the insurance companies or whether it was talking with, um, talking with uh, the community members or the doctors or whatever. And it was so important um, be, being an advocate for myself and for Curtis. And that's another piece of advice is that you have to be the advocate because no one else is going to be, mm -hmm. um, at, least in, at least in our experience. It, it, was, it was the two of us um, that had to be speaking up for whatever it was that we needed or didn't need. Yes, thank you. Yes, advocate for it. And that was, whoa, that must have been very challenging, especially if that was not, you're, you know, sometimes people, yeah. it's just their nature to be like, oh, the, here's a thing that needs to change or the blah, blah, blah. And if that's not your nature, whoa, that must have thrown you in the fire to, 
to have to, or just step that you stepped up to do it. Because it was a process. Yes. No, it was a process, but now, but ever since I'm very good at it. <laughs> oh, see? <laughs> it, put, it pushed me into a different realm. <laughs> <laughs> you put it into good use. Oh, that's excellent. Um, okay. So is there any advice you have for, um, well, I'd love to talk with you about that writing and the timing thing, because this is something that comes up a lot when I work with people, they get, um, they might have this story idea and for some reason they beat themselves up for not to taking a pause on the book or, you know, saying, oh, this is happening. I just can't. And then they feel bad about it. And I always say, trust the divine timing. It just might not be the time to write it. We might need to pause and all of that. So I'm curious. So this was a 22 year journey on this book. So I'd love to hear, you said it feels like this was the right time to yes. put together and out. Is there anything that you want to I don't know, share for writers around the timing? Any um, well, it, I would share exactly what you just said and the advice that you give. And it, it is true in hindsight. Um, I mean, I've, I've beaten myself up for 22 years, literally. I mean, they're, um, my, my parents who are um, two of my biggest supporters for 22 years have said, when are you going to do this? <laughs> We I mean, did it, parents. <laughs> you did it. But in reality, I've been doing it, right? So, and, mm -hmm. and those of us that are writers understand that. I've been thinking about this. I've been, um, you know, coming up with, with paragraphs or, or pages. Um, I mean, most, most of this story was complete in 2009. Um, mm -hmm. The reality is that the, the crux of this was done in 2009. Um, and then I put it down and um, so it was, you know, written between uh, the end of 1999 and 2009, although I did go back to my undergraduate thesis for um, some of the info of our early years, because that was written in 1997. Mm -hmm. um, but from 2009 until 2016, I didn't touch it. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't read it. I didn't touch it. Nothing. And I picked it up in 2016-17 because I had three months where um, I wasn't working. I had left a job um, and, and did not take a new job for three more months. And those three months was when I took what I had written in 2009, which I had really written for myself. Because um, I, and I, there was versions earlier than that that were very much my versions. Um, mm -hmm. And they didn't need to be shared. They, they, a story like this, at least for me, I had to have my own version. Um, the, the version that um, I, massaged from 2016 to or those three months in 1617 that I was ready in 2017 to maybe put it out there um but it still wasn't the story that I wanted it to be it was more telling instead of showing and because I was so close to this um experience I had a hard time doing more of the showing than the telling um and that is what um, Audra helped me with the mm -hmm. most. Um, she, she was spectacular um, and I know her as a friend and I, I knew that I needed to find somebody in my life who knew something about me other than just meeting me to help me develop this from what it was in 2017 to what it could be and what I wanted it to be, which was a story um, and not a, a, a tell a tell all or something like that um and and so and and really it was march of 2020 uh when COVID hit 
And those first couple of weeks when everyone, or at least we, our family was home when we didn't see anybody. And we just, I my, went on a lot of walks with my four children and two dogs and my husband. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and it brought me back. Um, it, it was diff- It was a very difficult time for me personally, because it brought me back to when Curtis and I were pretty much stuck, you know, like we, 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 we did go out and we did things, but our world stopped when he was told he had ALS. No one else's world stopped. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there were plenty of people in the world that were going through crisis as well, but mm-hmm. not no, not people that we knew. And so when the world or the when I'm, when the U.S. stopped or the Northeast stopped, um, it brought me back to that time. And and it, I just said, I, I need to get this out. I, I just I need to. It's time. It still took two years from then, but that's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I'm, a, I'm a busy person. <laughs> yeah, so you got a lot else going on. But I want to acknowledge you for being courageous of facing this, right? It could have been very easy to keep this story out, you know, out of the public eye, not look at it again, right? I'm sure just to be open and, and vulnerable enough to face this. And I'm so grateful that you did. And the book has already, we have eight bestseller categories on Amazon that that, that it's ranked number one in. So this is a, a, it's resonating with people. And I'm, I'm just so grateful that you honored us with being the team that helped, helped get the book out into the world. And I just need to acknowledge you for who you are in the world and, and creating this book and persevering. So thank you so much. It was so wonderful to talk with you. My dogs. Well, I want to make sure that over the noise of my, my two wonderful dogs, um, I want to thank you, Liz, uh, and your entire team. Uh, You guys were so easy to work with. You made me feel comfortable. um, And it's just been a, an absolute pleasure. Thank you so very much. Thank you, Heidi. Uh, Thank you for talking today. Thank you. To find out more about Green Heart Living, visit us on our website at www.greenheartliving.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash greenheartliving.